Right, we're listening to a music producer on TikTok. Many talented artists and producers are messing themselves up by building their mixes as they write and produce. On the surface, this strategy makes perfect sense because imposter syndrome cannot stop you from producing. A great mix is a critical step in making a magical record. It's like the lens that brings the artist and producer's vision into focus. And it can be so frustrating when you feel like the magic is in there, but it's not quite translating through the speakers, right? In the Complete Producer Network, tons of members say that mixing is their number one priority to improve but despite all this information that's out there it can feel so confusing and even overwhelming just to know how to actually get better and maybe this is why now mixing is enormously technical equipment and software to learn reviews to read methods to master and it's all backed up by science and logic like if you master this then surely the magic's going to follow right but there's a hidden paradox at the heart of mixing it's actually a creative and artistic process, and a great mix requires you to be completely present in the moment, working from your instinct in order to translate a vision into reality. You need to be in the zone, but if you're caught up in your analytical left brain, how are you going to mix like an artist? At some point, you just need to make a choice. What's more important to you, vision and creativity, or logic and equipment? Now, obviously a mix isn't going to happen with no equipment, but the magic will remain elusive if you're only focused on one side of the equation. If you want to create a huge breakthrough in your mixing, I can help. Because, as you know, a great mix is a critical step in making a magical record. It's like the lens that brings the artist and producer's vision into focus. And it can be so frustrating when you feel like the magic is in there, but it's not quite translating through the speakers, right? In the Complete Producer Network, tons of members say that mixing is their number one priority to improve. But despite all this information that's out there, it can feel so confusing and even overwhelming just to know how to actually get better. And maybe this is why. Now, when I'm producing an artist, one of the biggest things I'm trying to do is understand what is their story, what is it about this person that is unique, what is it about their experiences that makes them hear the world a certain way, interpret the world a certain way, and make the music they do the way that they do. Um, and I was just talking with members of my online studio, and we came up across the subject of feeling ill at ease with where you come from or your own exact situation when thinking that this is something that you have to somehow avoid or hide when making your own music, that it's your, your own experience, your own roots are somehow acting contrary to your desire to get your music out there to make something authentic that will touch others. And we wound up doing a bit of a workshop on how you can transform the way that you think about your own past, about your own history of music, and critically how even though you might feel that your own story is nothing remarkable, that it's actually your own superpower. And when you take the time to really feel into this, identify key moments, no matter how dramatic or simple they may be in your life, you can actually generate an almost infinite source of real authentic emotion that you can put into your music. You can generate an almost infinite source of prompts to help you when you're creating music. And you can make it incredibly easy to have something to talk about when you release a song into the world. It's pretty cool. Um, follow me for more on this kind of stuff. We'll be talking about it a lot more in the future. And if so you want to start your career by mixing records, but you're not able to land clients. Let's talk about what's going on. How, have you ever, if you're right?
So the ultimate production hack is simply get the best performances, right? So great question here about whether I'd recommend recording a group live um, or overdubs. Um, in no particular order, here's a bunch of things to think about. Um, although first thought, hey, if you, I mean, then look. If you're a musician, artist, or producer struggling to actually finish your music, this is going to help. You can actually boil this down to a really simple equation. Just make it as good as you can in the amount of time you have available. Now, it might sound like a good idea to have as much time as you need to get the track just right, but that's actually going to work against you. Because when you have an unlimited amount of time, you have an unlimited amount of space to start second-guessing yourself. So really, the key to getting stuff done is embracing that deadline as a means of focusing your vision. You're simply going to make this piece of music as good as you can right now with what you have, and you're kind of capturing a vibe, you're capturing a moment, and by finishing more music, you will actually learn the lessons you need to far more, and you'll be building your catalog of music that will help you build your audience, your career, your momentum, all that good stuff. Please feel free to ask any questions at all about music production in the comments on a seven times Grammy. If you're used to making music on your own in the studio, it can feel like a real challenge to invite someone else in to collaborate with you on a new artistic project. Uh, you might be feeling suddenly out of your element if your partner is sitting in the chair pressing the buttons and you're not. You might be sitting at the back of the room wondering, why are they doing that? It shouldn't sound like that. It was better before. I liked it when something different was happening. Or maybe you're sitting in the chair pressing the buttons feeling like, oh gosh, this person's really quiet. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking. Do they like what I'm doing? And you might find yourself feeling paralyzed and unable to move forward because you're too worried about judgment. So let me give you two hacks, two things you can try uh, that will radically transform the way your sessions go as a collaborator. So first off is always acknowledge and always get excited about anything cool that your partner does. Uh, be vocal, be loud, be outgoing. Um, shake them up a little bit, give them a tickle, make them know that you're listening and that you value what they are bringing to the table. That will make all the difference. Second thing is remember the quote from Quincy Jones, one of the greatest producers of all time, incredibly simple, always leave enough room, enough space for God to enter the room. In other words, don't hold on to your idea of what you think is supposed to happen so tightly that you don't leave room for surprises, for magic, for the unexpected to happen. Rather, actually go into your sessions looking forward to being surprised to the unexpected happening and wonderful things will happen. If you're used to making music on your own in the studio, it can feel like a real challenge to invite someone else in to collaborate.
pieces are sharp, your arrangements are on point, your mixes are tight, but something is still missing from your music. Well, let me ask you, are you investing as much energy, attention, and intention in thinking about the emotion that you want your music to generate from the listener as you are about what it's going to be, as you are about your speakers or your synth, uh, or whatever? Um, what is the experience that you want your audience to have when they hear your record? If they come to one of your shows, how do you want them to feel when they leave the building? How would you like them to see the world differently as a result of hearing your music? Until you really start to get clear about the impact you want to have on the lives of your listeners, you are going to be leaving so much money on the table in terms of what contains the music and what you want to once you're really clear on that big 3,000 foot view, then everything else will fall into place and make the network become easier and more comfortable. So your drums are sharp, your arrangements are on point, your mixes are tight, but something is still missing from your music. Well, let me ask you, are you investing as much energy, attention, and intention in thinking about the emotion that you want your music to generate from the listener as you are about what it's going to be? trained bassoonist but now I make synth pop alright new music there's a monster in the Gowanus Fund is going 
joy to good use. Thank you so much to everyone who joined for the live on Sunday and who's been donating to the Bagels for Pops Fund. I wouldn't be enjoying this bagel without you. Thank you so much. This would be so iconic. <laughs> but y'all better hold me accountable to not sell out. And if I were to sell out, I would do so with the intent to redistribute my wealth. And for years, watch a bunch of tins at a bar. <laughs> this would be so iconic. I've gotten a number of music production songwriting. This would be interesting that uh only got a couple of comments or whatever on the a number of music production, songwriting, and general questions about There's a Monster in the Gowanus that I haven't been able to answer yet. So Groove Temple and I are going live tonight <laughs> at 8 p.m. Eastern Temple. Time. Hope to see you there, and we also might have a special announcement. I've gotten a number of... Hi, everybody. I am going live for the first time this Sunday. You grab is go on us Sleeper in nine, what does it stand for? 1636 Gowanus Bay, named after Gowan, literally the sleeper. A Canarsie Indian was the site of the first settlement by Dutch farmers in what is now Brooklyn. Okay. about the production of this song, There's a Monster in the Gowanus. 
So I'm thinking of doing my inaugural live and bringing on my friend Groove Temple. or comments say much better luck when I was referred by a friend who worked for the company or who knew the people who were looking for someone to hire so far I've had an equal amount of luck getting interviews with cold applications and referrals you're not a failure one of the artists and every rejection is a stepping stone music business that's her degree people think you're smarter and more Get fake glasses. I wear my real glasses to every interview. I usually make it to the final round. The fact that you've been able to stay un unemployed for a year and still have a roof over your head in New York is milestone. Of the general population, representing Finland at Eurovision is your job now. 
<laughs> Sorry, it's been such a struggle. Have you thought about Finland? <laughs> Sending you good luck. Be the artist who creates for themselves and others. You're too talented to not have a job. Thirty-six followers. 